Hey everyone, it's Kristen and Sam. Welcome to Attached to the Core, the podcast where we talk about life and how everything can be connected to our earliest attachments. We're so glad you're here. Let's get started to see what today's conversation can mean for all of us. So, Roe versus Wade. Yeah, so um, as we're recording this, yesterday we found out that um, the you know Supreme Court went ahead and scrapped the decision and now they're also looking at different ways to you know go back and revisit some of the other um the other decisions that have been made by the supreme court like same-sex marriages and just contraception in general for women like yeah I regular that. birth yeah. control um claire Tomlins, who was accused of <laughs> inappropriate relationship uh, in the beginning of his tenure, uh, just like Kavanaugh with his, his um, you know, sexual assault case that he had right before he went on to. Um, a lot of these conservative judges have a lot of <laughs> baggage, I guess. Yeah. But they want to make decisions because they have the numbers to do so. Um, you can't really do anything about it right now, right? Like, these are lifetime appointments. And um, But I wanted to ask you, what, what are your next steps right now? Like, what can people do to kind of protect themselves uh, going forward? Because right now, this is kind of what we have to deal with anyway. And in Texas, I'm pretty sure we all know and feel like this is going to come down as, you know, they're going to pretty much ban it. I mean, if they leave it at six weeks, I'd be surprised, even though six weeks still isn't enough. Yeah. But what do you think the next step is for people out there who are worried, concerned, outraged? Like, what can we do? Um, well, something I saw... And I don't know if it's necessarily what can we do, but something I thought was nice was I had quite a few friends that don't live in Texas sharing on like their social media accounts. Like I have an extra room, literally anyone, if you know someone, like you could come stay on my couch. Like I can't pay for you to get here, but like you have, you can come. Like, so I thought that was cool just of the like networking and like being there for each other. So like. I think not being afraid to like reach out to people you trust because you might have a resource like you didn't realize you had if you're needing to get an abortion um, or it's, like you said in Texas at least. So that's helpful. The other part, uh, I like, I don't, um, it's scary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's scary. And yeah, it's like yesterday, my husband, like, I mean, my daughter's almost two, but he was just like, don't worry, we're going to get you out of here one day, you know, and like, it'll be, we'll go somewhere where you just like have all right. these kinds of rights. Um, and I think that's the whole point is like, the only way for us to change or do anything is by voting. And it sounds so cliche. Um, and everybody says that, and if, especially in Texas, it feels like you can vote, you're only one little measly person, you know, but it's like a unifying thing, right? If right. everyone votes, then that's when we see change. And so, yeah, the election is coming up. And so that's, that's basically the most you can do. So make sure you're registered to vote, make sure there's no, um, nothing in your way stopping you from getting to that yeah. goal on those days. Yeah, the other thing I would say is like you have to mobilize and then you have to educate. Those are those were my big two takeaways from um, everything that I've seen coming out uh, lately. It's just you have to get people, you know, one, I, I feel like a lot of people are going to be ready to hit the polls whenever November rolls around, especially in Texas because we have a governor's race. I'm not sure what all power the governor will have, but I know Abbott likes to, uh, you know, he, he acts like he has a lot of power. so. 
you know, even if he does nothing, he still says the worst things. Yeah, so, like it's <laughs> fine. Like just rather not listen to. So him. you know, if you're upset and you're posting stuff on Instagram or Facebook, wherever it is that you're posting this, but you're not actually like you know, go and get that friend who says they've never voted, get them registered to vote, and then get them out there to the polls. Um, I know that was a conversation we had with my son. He turned 18, and you know, most people probably wait until a presidential election for their first time to vote. Yeah. But his first time voting will be in a governor's race in Texas, so it's going to be interesting. And then the other thing I think is like talk to your daughters. Like you yeah. said, your husband David yeah. said, "Hey, at two years old, he's telling his daughters, don't worry, we're gonna, you know, this is stuff that these are conversations we have to have. How how to protect yourselves, you know, what contraception is, yes, you know, what, yeah. if there's other ways to, you know, get your needs satisfied without actually having intercourse." Um, you know, boys, make sure you always, you know, wear protection, use protection, um, and never think that you can just do these things. I know Nick Cannon is out here having multiple, mul multiple children with multiple people. Just make sure that we're educating people about, you know, if this is an issue to you. I know there's going to be some people, especially men, like a lot of men are just going to be like, hey, this doesn't really affect me or whatever. But if there's a woman in your life, a young woman in your life that you care about, I think that, that it's important. Um, I think it's really important because, you know, there's going to be a woman out there who, who either her life depends on this, literally, or, you know, it's just not financially ready. It could force someone to stay in a relationship that they don't want to stay in because they're having a baby now. I don't, you know, I just think there's different ways that we can go about educating each other. That way, we know how to protect ourselves to where maybe this never becomes necessary to, to have to go to, and it'll only be in the most extreme circumstances. And then again, that first part is making sure that we get out, you know, if this is important to you, you get out there and you vote in November, especially if you live in Texas. Um, you know, if you're in the more liberal states, you know, Illinois, New York, California, those are like kind of the bigger ones that I know about. But if you're in those, like great, like you said, if you can find your way that way to make sure that you, you can have a safe, you know, abortion, Great, but if not, we have to do something here. Well, and back to what you said, like I, nobody wants to have an abortion, right? Like it's just like so um, comical almost that like people who are against it or who like are so just like, oh my god, it's the worst thing ever. It's like I, I think part of them truly feels like people are getting joy out of like having abortions yeah, or something. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not like literally nobody wants to have one. Like nobody. nobody. Like nobody. And so like you said, like even like to talk talk to people about you know contraception go get some free condoms from Planned Parenthood whatever it may be um yeah there's so many ways to yeah. prevent this yeah. it's more the conversation of as if we already got to that point you should be able to have one if that's what you choose to do and that's your only option yeah I mean if you're on the other side of it you know and you think that this is terrible or whatever I mean it's it's really just opinion right I mean it, yes really just where you fall how you feel i guess you know how religious i guess you are um, well and to that like what i've always said is like not everyone's religious so like i think it's also very um arrogant of people who use religion as the reason to assume that everyone believes what you believe mm, that's one. like yeah. what like not everyone's religious not everyone believes in god like not everyone like that's like that's just a belief yeah <laughs> like it's just a belief so like in, yeah and your opinions based on your belief and not everyone believes what you believe I so so much for the separation of church and state yeah <laughs> but i mean it, and it really it I, I don't 
for me, it's more so like if you want to burn up Instagram and Twitter and, and TikTok and all the places right now, but you're not doing anything about it, you're not actually like boots on the ground, getting people to polls, doing all that stuff, then like I really don't like I don't know. Yeah, we'll share like, your grandma in there. Somebody. Just tell her what to do. Yeah. <laughs> somebody. <laughs> she anybody. still counts. Um, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a crazy way to start the show, but I feel like we needed to kind of just say what the, yeah. what we feel our next steps are. I think those are the two biggest things because from here on out, you know, we have you know to get to November to see if anything can change or block anything. If, since now the the power is going back to the states, right? I think that's the biggest thing is that abortion won't be banned um, throughout the land. It will basically be up to the state that you live in. Mm-hmm. That will determine their, you know, their policies as uh, as far as abortion goes. So, um, just something to look forward to going into these, uh, you know, midterm elections. Yeah, next few months mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, so our last episode that we put out was Brittany and our lovely interview with her, and it was so great. So and good. She had so much content and. Um, things that people could relate to. Got a lot of good feedback on that. So thanks again, Brittany. Um, But something that stood out to Sam and I was when we talked about codependency, even listening back when I was listening back to that part. And I was just like thinking again. um, And I was like, okay, yeah, we should probably cover that. Because I think codependency is honestly so common um, in certain types of people and certain kinds of cultures. uh, And it's not healthy uh and so (laughs) she should stop doing that but if you feel like you're doing like we're gonna obviously talk about it and if you feel like it's something you are doing like it really comes down and we'll probably we could probably end on some boundary stuff but it really comes down to like creating boundaries for yourself and like standing up for yourself and realizing like you're separate from this other person i so when i think about codependency one of the first things that comes to mind is um there's like a, a friends episode where Phoebe dates like the shrink guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but um, probably he he like you know at the end he's like kind of nailing all of them like kind of their oh. their mannerisms and everything that they do and why they do what they do. Uh, and at the end, you know, Phoebe breaks up with him and he's just like, you know, you guys are in this codependent. You know, that was <laughs> one of the first times I've ever heard that that phrase used. Man, I'm like. They are kind of in, like, all six of them are in this codependent relationship where, you know, they they do things together, but they only do things if, you know, the rest of them want to do them. And then, you know, there's there's so much uh, to that. And, and I just think when it comes to codependency, one of the biggest things that I, I realized was it wasn't necessarily, like, you and the person relying on one another. But the biggest thing that got me was it was really about what you do to basically eliminate barriers for that person. Yeah. Like when she was saying like, oh, you need a job. Let me, you know, update your resume or fill out these applications. It's like, that's codependency. And I know you have a list of things that you like. Well, yeah. So we can start with, uh, let's see, MHA, national.org. So it's Mental Health America. Their like actual literal um, definition is, it is an emotional and behavioral condition that affects an individual's ability to have a healthy, mutually satisfying, that's very important, mutually satisfying uh, relationship. It's also known as relationship addiction because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided 
emotionally destructive and or abusive. And so, yeah, I went to a therapist. Honestly, I got this list not too long ago. Um, and the reason I got it is because, hi, mom. Um, I was talking to my therapist about some stuff, some traits my mom had. And I was just curious, like, what that right. was or what like it um, identified with or something like I could understand her right. better. Um, and so she gave me this list of things. So um, I thought we could just like kind of go through them. If you think of like something that you could relate to. Yeah, either something I can relate to or something that I've seen, I'd definitely bring it up. But one of the things, like going back to that mutually satisfying yes. part. Yeah. So what happens when the person who's updating the resume, doing all this extra work, if they say that's what's satisfying me in the relationship, doing things for the other person is what satisfies me in the relationship. What would you say to that? I mean, that might feel like that's what is satisfying, but that's not actually what satisfying feels like, I guess, or what like peace or happiness feels like. You know, you could probably... You'd probably be like, you should go see a therapist about that. Um, because a therapist would get into a conversation about, okay, but what do you get out of it? You know, and does the other person thank you? Or are they asking right, you right, to do this for right. them? Or are you just volunteering your time? Do they get mad when you overstep boundaries? Like all these types of things, because then that person would have to stop and reflect and be like, okay, am like, do I really enjoy this? Could I be doing other things right. with my time? Um, so it takes a lot of self-reflection to stop and look back and be like, oh, that is exhausting. Or, right. you know, I'm, oh, yeah, I probably have more fun when I'm doing this other thing versus no, taking yeah, care yeah. of this person. <laughs> I get it. But I just know that when, when I hear that, I'm like, I know somebody's going to say, oh, well, this is what brings me joy. Or if he gets a job, then that means that we're going to have more money to spend. And then, like, we both kind of, you know, we end up both being able to enjoy his you know his working or whatever or their working i shouldn't say his it's not always that way but yeah um. (laughs) yeah yeah his or her and i think parts of it too is like it comes into almost to like a fixer type of person Right. right um but that's what like Brittany had mentioned is like you're not necessarily fixing that person but like just doing everything for them and even Fixing someone isn't someone's job and I think sometimes that's hard for people to realize too, but that's like a whole other thing (laughs) So the first one's actually like a good one. It says my good feelings about who I am stem from being liked by you so that encompasses so many things like you can think back to like when I was in fifth grade there was a boy that I really really liked and if you saw me in fifth grade, boys did not like me in fifth grade. Uh, I was very <laughs> awkward and I matured way before everyone. So I was taller than everyone. I was oh. taller than all the boys. I had lots of hair everywhere. Like, <laughs> anyways, but I really, really liked him. And like, he knew I really liked him. And I'll never forget like this day we were at a friend's house and he was like, all right, in this fifth grade, he was like, if you smoke this cigarette, I'll be your boyfriend. Oh, wow. And I was just like, I really thought about it long and hard, you know, I was just like, the part of me that honestly made me not is the part that like, if my mom and dad ever find out like, right. that that'd be the end of that. But also even the consideration part of like changing myself or changing like parts that were important to me to get someone to like me 
that's probably like and that's, I just remember that story is like and if I look back that's some like early because I'm definitely a recovering codependent that's some like early stuff of like well if I just like pivot this way a little bit that person might be more interested in me right. or if I wear this like certain thing this person might be more receptive of me so yeah that's what I thought about that's pretty interesting I don't I mean I think I always did things just based off of I wouldn't say to make people like me like in this one like my good feelings about who I am stem from being liked by you I think a lot of it like I think I just did what I was told a lot so I don't you know I think that might fall into the same type of category but like growing up you know I played sports and tried to get good grades because that's what you know the expectations were for me but I also feel like a lot of that came from being rewarded through those things so I think my parents probably did set up <laughs> a very codependent like you know there was four of us so the one who was doing the best probably got the most attention you know that's just how it worked and um I, I probably you know it took me a while to really realize what it was to be um happy with myself and i think i'm still going through that like i don't i don't think yeah. you ever get to that point where i think you're always working towards that like how can you be a better version of you um and you're constantly trying to like you have to constantly want to grow and change and stuff like that so for sure um, and i think for like if you're looking at it for like adults in a relationship liked by you i think it's more so a general sense of like if you upset your partner and they're mad at you right. that really affects you versus being like oh they'll get over it or right. let's talk about this argument and still be like at a calm state and instead you're just like oh my god like they're mad at me what if they don't like me anymore what if like they leave me what if like i, I you know and whether it's a partner or a friendship right. or like any kind of relationship really like when we talk about relationships i'm always talking about friendships uh siblings uh, parents uh, partners anybody that you have a relationship with like we have a relationship so anytime you're having that thing with a person and you are adjusting yourself to not ruffle any feathers um that's a little bit of that like codependent right. behavior my good feelings about who I am stem from receiving approval from you. <laughs> so that's probably more about where yeah. mine landed, just because I don't know. That that's like that's a parent. Yeah, this is a parent. That's how my parents definitely would have raised us, and it was it was one of those things where I think we we always tried to get their approval. But again, I think when you think when you think about kids, and especially when there's four of you guys in one household attention is scarce like you you know you're always trying to do the right thing to, to seek that approval because you want to be able to get that attention from your parents that you know you don't want it to go anywhere else so uh yeah i think that was definitely me growing up and and probably still a little bit as an adult <laughs> yeah well and so how do you counter so like my definitely my parents but honestly growing up at least on my end so I have two brothers, one is 18 right now and one is three years younger than me. And growing up, I've, the one who's 18 is obviously, we have a huge age gap. Uh, but my other one, like I always felt that his approval, he got more approval. Mm. Um, so I definitely like just, like you said, kind of just did what I was told, like right. stayed in my lane, um, hoped, and again, this is no knock to my parents. They do not even realize I felt this way. But like you said, it's like those subtle things that you don't even realize. 
but uh, becoming an adult, my codependency really was with my brother, the one that's three years younger than me. Right. Um, and this one really reminds me of that because he, we haven't talked in a couple of years, but like when we were really, really close in general, he's just a critical person. Like that's just part of his relationship. Like he's very like critical and has an opinion about everything. We used to call him like a beer snob or like a food <laughs> snob or like whatever. So like him and I lived together for like most of our 20s. Um, and it was like, really important to me for him to like not make fun of my outfit or like mm. not show him a song of him being like that song sucks or like whatever right so I was constantly like catering my even like what I wanted to eat or like what bar we were going to go to to make sure like he was good and he was going to like enjoy himself and he was going to be like okay there right. and he was going to want to go like mm. I wanted him to go places with me and I knew I would tell my friends, I'd be like, look, if we go to that place, he's definitely not going. So we should go to that place because I think he'll go at least if we go there. Um, And so like literally that he's like looking back and rereading these again. I'm just like, yeah, we were, I was very codependent on him. Um, On his approval. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 And not necessarily about how you felt about the situation. No. Just strictly about how he would have responded to your decision making yeah yeah so um yeah that's pretty that's that's a hard one because i feel like when it comes to your siblings like i probably do that with my older brother so like i constantly want to you know kind of cater to what he like what he would be open to doing also but i think the difference is he he's pretty easygoing you know it's it's probably more me the one who's like uh like i don't think that's good enough you know i'm the one who's like freaking out, but he he's usually pretty easy going when it comes to stuff like that. But I think you're right. I think the way that we experience those things, and I was going to ask you, listening to your story or to the situation, do you think your parents were that way? Because in Hispanic households, like boys kind of get a little bit more freedom, like not so much pressure as some of the girls do, I think, especially the oldest, like the oldest and you're the girl, like. I feel like my sister carried a lot of that. My sister's the oldest of the four, and she always, growing up, she had that same amount of pressure. Like, it was always her her responsibility to do things, you know what I mean? Like, she had to be the oldest, and she was the oldest girl, so I felt like she was held to a different standard than us boys were. Like, oh, they're just boys. Like, oh, they're, yeah. you know. Uh, my parents weren't, like, as, um, I guess, lax or, like, verbally critical in that way so it wasn't like so apparent right it was more just like i just made my own observations um one big thing like weirdly and this is a whole other podcast but what i'll just tell you a little bit is like so i'm dark brown eyed dark hair Mm -hmm. like i've i'm a little more um you know thicker whatever and my brother has like colored eyes light brown hair like fair skin and like that in the in its own felt like he was getting mm. approval from everyone right. instead of me right. um like everyone always commented on like how he looked yeah. like he's so cute in his colored eyes and I'm just like standing there like cool 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 um like so like yeah yeah like, <laughs> but I look actually Mexican um but um so yeah is a lot of I felt 
the tension was always on him so I took on like his caregiver role to like protect him because I got the most praise when I was right. making sure he was okay and I think that transferred in a very unhealthy way into adulthood of me just always protecting him and always just making sure like he was okay um, and I realize now in retrospect like it was very probably felt overwhelming to him yeah. um, and probably made him feel suffocated and maybe that's one of the reasons we don't speak anymore but I didn't know any better right. like I was just doing my job yeah I, that's what I'm saying like as the oldest like as the one who my sister still does that job we have you know with me and my, my, my two brothers she still does that job like she still makes sure I, I joke and say that like she's everyone's secretary because whenever we have an issue, we're all calling Selena like, hey, um, this needs to be taken care of, or can you look into this for me? Or, you know, this all, and you know, she has her own family <laughs> and we still do that to her, so. Yeah, stop just, doing that. Yeah, I know, I try not to. <laughs> but like, you know, but then, you know, she called me last night and she wanted to go eat and like, I can't even say I was hungry, but I went with her anyway, you know, like those are the types of relationship that we have. But also I feel like there's always been that added pressure on her um, similar to what you're saying, like she had to do that job. And it's like it, Luisa and Encanto. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. For real. For real, like real life, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. All right. Next one. Your struggle affects my serenity. My mental attention focuses on solving your problems, relieving your pain. So that like directly correlates to what Bertie was talking about. Like, let me help you find a job. Let yeah. me like do that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it sucks seeing like the person that you love and care about like struggling. Like, yeah. That's the main point of that. Or anybody in your family, because I do this a lot with my family. Um, I'm like, okay, how can I get you guys to want and do the things that I want to do? And, and when I say want to do, I mean like, just live your life right. You know, like, try not to, you know, like, let's not worry about if you're going to, you know, have some issue with the law later on down the line or any of these issues. Like, let, let's just focus on, you know, can we make you a productive person in, in society and whatever that means, right? Because that's different for everybody. But I, I always do that. I'm like, how can I help this person? And I struggle with it. And I'm just like, I know I have to, you know, I know we're not talking about boundaries today, but like, I had to learn how to say no. Because yeah. I I, did, I didn't know how to do it. I was always trying to help, and then I would get too involved, and it just was like, then I would take on their their issues to where when they failed or things didn't go the way that they wanted them to go, I felt like I failed, and they didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. Yeah. Um. So I had to start really pulling myself back from that, and um, yeah, I, and then also just I'm focused on their problems and not my problems anymore. So that mental attention and focus on solving your stuff. Like you start to really put your own health or your own well-being aside to try to help this other person out, um, and and you're not really doing anything for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even like I know that I've got a few examples, you know, of like when children become adults, and then their parents are still enabling them. I yeah. mean, it's. I get it. Like, it's your kid. You never want your kid to struggle. You never want your kid to suffer. You, your 40-year-old child comes to you, hasn't kept a job their whole life, right. has nowhere to stay, and you keep letting them stay, and you keep giving them money. Like, well, duh, you don't want them on the street. Right. But, like, the codependency part is, like, you also never let them try to figure it out. Right. right? Like, they don't even know how to figure it out, and it's partially your fault, right, for not 
stepping back and being like, okay, this is going to suck. They're probably going to be mad at me. I'm probably going to like, whatever, but they have to figure out how to do that next thing. Like there's, I can help them. I can guide them, but doing it for them is never going to allow that other person to learn. Yeah. So, I mean, how, how far do you have to let someone fail in that situation? Well, the goal would be to start early. Right. Um, The goal, for instance, in parents and children, the goal would be to start when they're even like, like with my daughter, she's not even two and she can't emotionally regulate and she's got tantrums and all this stuff. Right. But I still have to give her boundaries. Right. So she's teething. She likes to bite when she's extra feeling activity, whatever. And developmentally, I know it's normal. So parts of me just want to let her bite me and I'm just going to be like, it's fine. But also, like, sometimes, you know, I have to be like, hey, like, that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, that hurts. Like, and I've started and telling you, her. you can't have her do that to other kids. Correct. You know, when she yeah. goes out to daycare. And I've started telling her, like, if I ever bite you, you can bite me back. Okay. If I ever hit you, you can hit me back. If I ever kick you, you can kick me back. Because that's also fair. Like, that's fair. I shouldn't be kicking you. So if you, if I kick you, you kick me back. And also, right? it's teaching her how to defend herself. Because if someone else were to do that to her... Yeah, not that I necessarily agree with that, um, with physical... No, uh, no, no, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, like, that boundary for me is something, and it's going to get harder. I know the boundaries are going to get harder. I know she's going to, like, need us more. I know when she's a teenager, she's going to do something fucking stupid, and <laughs> I'm going to have to be like, bro, that sucks. Yeah. Like, it sucks, it sucks. My biggest boundary, I think, with, like, letting me... My dad was really good at boundaries and like grounding me and like holding them yeah holding them like i think about it all the time i'm just like god that sucked but like he was like i'll never forget like i was supposed to go to junior prom i think or i don't know one of the proms okay in high school and with my boyfriend at the time because he was older he's like two years older and i like snuck out or something the night before and like my dad caught me or something like that and he and I already had everything. He's like, well, you're not going to that. And I was just like, what? Like, I already have like my like. I get it. Like, I'm sorry. You can ground me later. Like, take my phone. But like, I can't. Like, I'll I literally will never forget that like time and moment and like whatever. And like, I've heard stories of like other parents like trying to ground their kids or trying to hold boundaries, but they're like, oh, but they just like keep complaining right. or they're just so sad or I don't <laughs> want them to miss that experience. And it's like, no, fuck that. Like. Like, they fucked up. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it sucks, and it's hard, and they're probably going to bitch about it for the next six months of their life, but, like, if you don't hold that boundary and you don't, like, separate that and let them learn a lesson, like, how will they ever know there's consequences? Yeah. Like, that's the huge thing. And, like, I'll never forget that, and I, you know, I tell David all the time, I'm just like, like, our daughter will be grounded. She yeah. will have things taken away. She will, like, there will be consequences for her behavior. And that's how you can, like, gentle parent and also hold your boundaries. So they're still learning lessons. They're still learning respect. They're still learning things. But you're not, like, yelling at them, hitting on them, you know, and, like, doing yeah, all these, yeah. like, non-healthy I, ways. <laughs> I was going to say with my son, we, he didn't really start going out until, like, second semester, senior year. Like, he started to go out, stay out a little bit later. He was, you know... And it's, I'm in a weird position because he's 18 now, and we're, mm. but yes. we're still, so he stays half the time with me, half the time with mom, and mom set like a, like a really hard, like one o'clock curfew, and I, I check all the time because like I have this location, 
So I'm like, dang, he's already back at home. It's like Saturday night and he's home. I'm like, oh, okay, good. You know, I can go to bed now. But at our house, we, we kind of were a little bit more lenient and we said, okay, two, two o'clock, right? Everything closes at two. You should be here by two because people that are leaving bars and stuff that you're not able to go to, now they're on the road. So I need you here by two o'clock. And those are kind of, but when he was growing up, he didn't do all this stuff, right? He didn't go out and didn't do anything. Um, so for me, the way that we handled, or, you know, he wasn't grounded so much, but there was like big lectures and I just, yeah, I just know is, that yeah. those wore him out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, now I'm about to sit in my room for an hour as my dad talks at me or, and forces me to respond, not necessarily forcing him, but like, you know, I, I know how to ask questions. So I yeah. would get him to do that. I think it's important. Like you said, that we, you have to set those standards with your children Talking um, is always most important. It's always most sure. important. And also going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show, talk to your kids about all of this stuff because they're going to listen. They're going to take a lot of this with you. You never know what they're holding on to. I can't tell you how many times in his 18 years that he's brought something up that I just don't remember. Like I just totally forgotten. Like it's not in my memory bank and, and he'll remember it and I'll just be like, yeah. I, I was there and he's just like yeah and I'm, I'm like okay but because you never know what they hold on to so yeah. it's always good just to push that information out and then also to set those boundaries because like you said next time they're in that situation they'll think twice about it like did you ever you know sneak out again after that uh Probably. I don't know well <laughs> there was like an ending to it my that's a whole other story but I used to sneak out a lot just because like all my friends are older than me right and my dad did give me also a hard curfew it was like a hard midnight curfew because his Dang, in high school that's good his vote was like nothing good ever happens after 12 a.m. yeah and definitely. so like he would show me like on the news you know like this person got hit by a drunk driver at one in the morning and he's like see you don't need to be out you past don't? 12 no. And like now, I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense. I know it's a very scare tactic, but it's also the truth. Yeah. Like I, as an adult, know that there's like, I've been in situations where I'm driving home in the middle of the night and, you know, my partner's driving the car and we see something random happen in Mm -hmm. front of us and it's just like, it's just bad. Like you shouldn't do it. Yeah. But yeah, that one, but definitely like that's, I guess that's the point too with all of this stuff is like it can happen in parent-child relationships as well as partners. As well as partners relationships. Um, I think a lot of it, going back to the root of the show, is that your attachments with your kids will determine whether or not they have healthy relationships going forward. For sure. Let's see. My mental attention is focused on you. So, I mean, that's pretty general and basic, but mostly like if you're sitting at work and you are supposed to be working but you're also texting your partner because you know they just forgot about this meeting that they had or like whatever right. you know and that's that's basically you know and that's a small part but if it becomes there's a level of like being kind and reminding people and then there's a level of like is it interfering with your life that's like my big thing when i talk mm. to like clients when i talk to friends when i talk to whatever like you have to really stop and be like is it affecting my life? Like, is it affecting my job? Is it affecting my work? Is it affecting my relationships? Then it's a problem. School. school. And if it's not, then okay, it seems like you probably have a balance in it or maybe your brain can handle that. But not a, everyone's brain can handle the yeah. same amount of input. Yeah, I, I have a lot of this with, with substance use. You know, mm-hmm. like some of the people that I work with, you know, people use alcohol or use marijuana. And that's pretty much my biggest thing. It's like, does this affect 
your everyday life or routine and it's just like okay well if we're using something you know if I'm, I'm having a drink as a nightcap to go to sleep then we probably need to talk about why we're needing that to go to bed yeah. right like though that is kind of how i would i would deal with that but the whole mental attention like it affecting your everyday life like it drawing you away from what you should be doing uh, i'll never forget i had this lady i uh, delivered you know beer whenever i got out of high school my brother was working there and i, and, and I was helping this person one day deliver the, the her stores it's a lady driving a truck you know dropping off product at places and I remember like her talking and I was just like, are, you know, are you talking to me? And she's just like, no. And like on her headset, you know, back in the day, like there was no Bluetooth. Yeah. Like she had a headset on and she was on the phone literally the entire day with her boyfriend. Yeah. Who was at home while she's working. Like, and so I was, many people do that. It yeah, blows, blows my me away. mind. And like, I've never not remembered that story because it was so weird. Like I had never seen it done before. Um, that was my first exposure to it. And at the time, I'm just like, oh, she's just obsessed with him. But, like, you don't understand that, like, the levels of, like, I'm going to ignore everything else that's going on in, in, the, in today, in, in this moment right now, and only talk, and, and, like, literally just be breathing on the phone with you. Yeah. Some of these will probably bring up some David stories, but what I learned the most about David and I is I met him, like, in hardcore codependency, Kristen, and David does not respond well to a codependent person. He doesn't need it. He doesn't want it. He's like, okay, like, like you know what you I mean? You do your own thing. Yeah, yeah. like, well, leave me the fuck alone, like, you know? <laughs> so like yesterday, actually, was just, I just remembered, because I'm telling you, obviously, it doesn't ever go away. It still comes out, and you have to like pull back sometimes. But yesterday, so like I knew he had something to do yesterday night. Right. Because he told me, like, Monday. Like, hey, I'm going to go do this thing. Is it cool? And I was like, yeah, whatever. So yesterday, I planned my entire afternoon around him having to leave in the evening because I knew he was going to be gone at this certain time. Right, and, like, right. we do dinner with Nova and, like, all this kinds of stuff. And when he got home, I literally was like, I knew he had forgotten. I knew he had forgotten. And I had already, like, had this whole mental plan and I already knew what we were going to do. And I was just like, don't forget, you have that thing at 7.45. And he was like, I forgot, <laughs> right? And so, yeah, definitely a little codependent of me because going back to the one before, if I wouldn't have said anything, right. I remembered. I remembered for him because right. I knew he wasn't going to remember. And if I wouldn't have said anything, he, he just wouldn't have gone. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like life or death. But he would have been like frantic, panicking, like blah, blah, blah. And I just, I didn't want to deal with that. Right. So, like, I was just like, I'm just going to remind him because yeah, no, I whatever. Mean, but still, the fact that, like, I did, you know, that's part of just being married, so whatever. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but like, that small thing I just reminded me of that. So tell me, of, in a healthy, non-codependent way, quote-unquote, should that, like, how had, should he have responded or kept up with his, you know, thing that he had to do? Set an alarm. Set an alarm, okay. Put it in your calendar. Put it in your calendar, okay. Get a notification. Um, so I do that a lot, you know, like I, you know, I, I, I see clients um, now, even as, you know, work's technically over, but I'm, I'm still going and I have to remember to go and do those things. But I struggle too. I'm like, oh man, like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's almost time for me to go. Or I'm like doing everything last minute to try to, and I think that's, I don't want to use that cliche. Like, oh, I think that's just a lot of us guys that act that way. It's how I act because I'm just a procrastinator. Like that's what well, I do. 
maybe we'll talk about another episode but i mean that's true women and men process everything differently like literally biologically men work bottom up and women work top down meaning like women usually start from like a cognitive point like right. what's the best point right and men are usually like what do i want what are my needs <laughs> right which is like if you talk about you know sexual reproduction and all that stuff too that's why right, right. Like that's how they process that's it. why you, you have so many of these like other podcasts out there that are like oh you should you know men should be able to have multiple people in their lives and, da, 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 and i'm just like yeah. by yeah biology yeah but Yes, that only goes. My thing with that is, if you're a single dude and you want to live your life that way, have at have it. Have at it. But when you bring someone else into your life and you want that person to take on like shared respect and mutual responsibility and things like that, then you gotta step your game up. Because yeah. if you don't step your yeah. game up, you're just what? Like, what's the point? What's That's the point? what I'm saying. Like, I, in the beginning of the show, like Nick Cannon could do that, right? Like, he's got <laughs> tons of money. He got tons of money. Yeah. He's got all these people that work for him. He can manage these things, right? Yeah. But like, if you're using that excuse that he's doing it too, like, you probably don't fall into the same category Correct. as Nick Cannon. <laughs> Correct. Um, uh, that's yeah. that's awesome. But yeah, I think the healthy way is he should have set up an alarm. I should set alarms because I'm bad at it too. So anyway, yeah. all right, next one. Oh, my mental attention is focused on manipulating you to do it my way. So people hear the word manipulating and think it's really like ugly. Um, in this sense, it's talking about like something as basic as you prefer the dishes in the dishwasher a certain way. Right. Your significant other does it a different way. Um, and so instead of just letting him do it their way, you would probably go behind them or be standing around them while right. they're doing it and be like, well, why don't you put that one there? Or if you put it here, it makes more sense. So you're still doing it. You're just doing it through someone else and not like taking some of that load off right. of you. So here's what I thought about when you said that. I, I like that point too. That was just like a basic. Right. Yeah. But the way that I thought about it was I was like, me, manip okay, what does it say again? My mental attention is focused on manipulating you to do it my way. Oh, okay. So I thought about it like the, uh, the opposite way, right? So like sometimes people will, and maybe this is in the list, but I know people like when they like someone, like I'm going to, I'm going to like what you like. Oh yeah. So hopefully get your attention that way. For sure. And I don't necessarily like those things, but I can pretend to like those things or manipulate my way into your attention span. So that's what I thought about when that, um, but it obviously, the way that it's written, yeah, says I mean, it the other way. No, both both of those work. I mean, regardless, they still come around this common theme of like, I'm doing things for you. Right. Like, I'm doing things for you. And that's the theme. So, like, whether that's wearing something that somebody likes or following behind them and fixing the dishwasher, like, you're still, it's not, you're not focusing on you. You're focusing on the other person. Right. And it's just like a waste of time. <laughs> really, I promise. Um, and then, let's see. Oh, well, here it is. My my own hobbies and interests are put to one side. And then my time is spent sharing your hobbies or interests. That's exactly what I was trying to say. <coughs> I feel like people, maybe like when trying to get someone's attention, uh, or if you're, even if you're in a committed relationship, you're not doing those things for yourself. Like we kind of said with, with David, like he's like, hey, I don't. You know, I'm going to do my own thing, you know, and you do your own thing. And then when we're together, then we do our thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, um, he's still that way. He's like, it's fine. 
like it just goes whatever and i'm a lot better than i used to be but that one too reminds me of my brother and how many like concerts we used to go to together and all the music that i would like that he would show me because i knew i'd have someone to go to the concert yeah so that was like one of the main things that i did with my brother it's like everything was like what he wanted to do like down to like going to breweries my social circle diminishes as i involve myself with you that was pretty <laughs> that was pretty interesting because i think a lot of people and i would say most not a, let me let me rephrase that i think a lot of women or some women will do this a lot right like they get involved with somebody and all of a sudden all of their attention, all of their focus goes to this person, and then they kind of refuse to kind of, you know, be around the same people that they used to be around. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, when I was in middle school, uh, I was just so in love with this boy, and uh, he actually, there's a lot of trauma involved with him now looking back. But one of the first things that I did is he didn't I had a I've always had a lot of male friends as just like I don't know why but right. I have. and my core group of best friends were all guys he did not like that and I literally stopped talking to them like when we were so close that like my mom they used to come over my mom would cook for them and like it was like wow. a whole thing and then when him and I got together it was like yeah you can't do that anymore yeah like, or you're a whore um, <laughs> wow. and so that's serious i literally just like yeah i literally just like okay wow like just done like done i did that that's probably the most time i could think of like i really like went full force into that and i right. just thought like okay like this is just what you do when you're in love and no that was that is not what you do when you're in love like you have to have people that you trust and that you can talk to about the things you are feeling in this relationship or partnership or whatever right. you're in. So like, what about like that old, you know, the old cliche or the old standard of like, you should share everything with your partner. Um, and I know this, they're completely different. Like we're talking yeah. about a middle school relationship that probably wasn't going to last. Right. But in a regular, you know, adult relationship, you know, I still feel like you need those outlets. Yeah. Right? Like, well, that's what they, like, you can't get everything, you, and that does cover some of this, it's like, you can't get everything you need from one person. Right. Like, you can't. And if you are thinking you're getting everything you need from one person, you're probably feeling, like, a little more isolated or lonely or that something's lacking because the reality of you getting everything you need from one person is just, like, it's not possible. Right. Like, it's not possible. Um, but I think like when people think about their marriages and stuff like that, like especially, you know, through the religious religious portion of those things, like they will say like everything kind of starts and ends with each other. And I, and I always feel like you need those people, like even if, you know, it doesn't have to be the opposite sex. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I think a lot of people will say, oh, you know, female friends or the female perspective. Like I think, you know, just being able to verbalize it, like put it out there, like even just amongst your guy friends is is great or, or your female friends whatever it is that you have and being able to say those things get it out so that way your body can process it your mind can process it and then you're able to move on from it and then you can return to your relationship and and you know go about business as usual i guess yeah well i mean it's even something a small example like well even like me and david's dynamic of like what we're interested in like and the reason we got to be on this podcast is like 
the conversations I have with you, yeah. like I can't have with David. Like he'll listen to me and be yeah. like, yeah, like whatever. But there's no like reciprocation, and I don't expect that out of well, him. So like that's not something I expect yeah. out of him. Just like he doesn't expect to sit down and talk about coaching with me and the analytics of it and like whatever. Because right. I'll listen, yeah. but I don't have any real feedback. Same thing in my like either my household or just around people that I'm with. Like when I, you know, we talked about this in the first episode. Like we really believe in this. And I think when I start to talk to other people, it always just sounds like I'm standing on a soapbox and I'm like, well, I'm not. I mean, I really just believe that yeah. this is the, the way forward for us to be more productive people, like, yeah. you know, finding that best version of ourselves, like, like we talked about. But then when me and you have the conversation, it's just like, it's just a back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like we're both trying to find our ways and we're trying to put this giant puzzle together that, that is someone's brain or our own brain, you know, our own story and trying to make the connections there. And I think that's like one of the best ways that I've, I've ever been told about it, right? Like when you think about therapy and all these things is you're here, you're trying to help them find the right way to reset their puzzle or find those pieces that they can't figure out why the connection's broken there and then find that connection, find that piece that fits in there. And that's sometimes why people go to therapy is to just literally have like a neutral person to listen. Yeah literally listen and not like get told like that's dumb or why are you even thinking about that or whatever or to just like have a back and forth with you know what I mean that's not the same person for every single thing that you think of yeah and especially because like the second that you try to tell somebody that you're either unhappy or unsatisfied with something that they've done they're on the defensive right away so they don't think like oh let me try to help you deal with this situation it's like what do you mean I didn't do something for you because I remember being there and I'm pretty sure I did it for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's something literally as simple as like, I know we're talking about social circles, but it's also something as simple as um, I like if someone really loves a specific type of food and their partner's like, I literally cannot stand that kind of food. So this person's just like, well, I guess I'm just never eating there again. Right. And doesn't find like a person to go with them, you know, right. whoever it may be. Oh, well, Jenny likes blah 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 so we're gonna make this once a month date and I'm gonna go eat this food like that's that's healthy right like to like find somebody else to connect with to do that thing with or go alone but that's my whole other soapbox of people need to spend more time alone if you're always and that's part of codependency like it's okay to be alone like it's okay to go to the Mm -hmm. restaurant alone it's okay to go to the movies alone I prescribe that in therapy so much to people who are codependent I'm like go by yourself like go by yourself like start small like go for a walk go you know but like the goal is to like end up in a two-hour movie by yourself like no one can even see you in the movie theater um i've always wanted to travel by myself yeah like my partner will think that i'm just trying to go somewhere without her (laughs) and she's gonna miss out but i i see these people whether they're on business or wherever they're they're on right like they're i see them getting on the plane by themselves they're only worried about their own stuff and i'm like I get envious. I'm like, man, I want to do that so bad. Like, I want to be able to go out, jump on a plane. Eat where you want. Eat where I want, go where I want, you know, have social, random social interactions with people I'll probably never meet again. You know, just be, I don't know, it sounds weird, but just like to be able to do that on my own, I feel like there would be a lot of, uh, (laughs) I don't know, like just a lot of freedom to it, I guess. Yeah, and that I will give my brother credit he has traveled alone, loves doing things by himself, right. going to concerts, and I learned that from him. That was like a foreign thing to me for a while. And so like, yeah, at a point of my life when I was able to do those things, 
the non-relationship, like, I was like, yeah, I loved it. I loved going to concerts and, like, talking to random-ass people um, and, like, going to eat before and, like, all those types of things and just doing what I wanted right. to do. Like, it was <laughs> great. Like, fantastic. I say that, but I'd probably end up in, like, a <coughs> hotel room by myself, like, watching reruns of Friends. Um, that's probably what I do. I don't think so. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, social circle. Let's see. Last one that we're going to go over today. Um, I put my values aside in order to connect with you. Values is a big word. Values is a really strong word um, because I feel like what do you, first of all, if you're in a codependent relationship, do you even know what your values are? Do you know what you value in a relationship? That, I think that right there would be the first place that I would look at. What are your values? What, you know, if I was talking to somebody, what what values do you hold? Like, you know, what is important to you? What do you want out of your relationship? And I think if you're in a codependent relationship, then you're going to sit there and you're going to say, well, whatever they want. Like, I just want to be there for my partner. I want, you know, I my values are shared with this person. They align with this person. This is why I'm into them. Okay, remove yourself from them before you get yeah. into the relationship. What did you value? And I think you would, I think that codependent person would struggle to tell you what they valued before they got in that relationship. That was literally what happened to me. Um, so after me and my brother stopped living together, uh, he, actually this is before he even stopped talking to me, for a stint of time, he, he moved to Austin and I didn't live with him in Austin. Mm -hmm. So when he moved to Austin, I was just like, one, I almost visited him every single weekend. Wow. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, you could do that now. Two years. Yeah. Gas would be too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, for like two years, I would leave like Friday after work and come back wow. Sunday night. But going to buy clothes was like weird. I didn't know what I liked to wear. I didn't wow. know like what, like, whatever music. Like, I would be like, oh, he would probably say this song sucks. But then, like, if I liked it, I would, like, feel bad. Because I'd be like, oh, like, should I like it? Like, is he going to make fun of me? Like, little things like that. And I will give David is, like, the David transition for my brother was, like, big. Because David just does what he wants and he doesn't care. And he'll right. be like, whatever. And a lot of the music, actually, that I like, David likes, too, and my brother, I look back and I'm like, my brother would probably make fun of us for like 20 minutes. But like, it's so nice to have like someone else that like I can like connect with in that way. Right. Um. But yeah, it was like food, like so what, what beer, is, like, like, like when you, everything. When you talk about music, like what? Like, cause I feel like we all have like guilty pleasure songs, right? Like, I wouldn't throw this on with my guy friends, but if I was like riding by myself and like I don't know, some Ariana Grande came on, I'd probably belt that out or just listen to it. Like, some well, of it's catchy, man. Like, hey, do what you do. Well, I guess the difference is like, yeah, I love Ariana Grande too, and like the difference, I guess, in personalities is that my brother, even if he liked the song would still have to make fun of it first. Mm, and okay. David, if he's like, he's like, oh yeah, like, or sometimes he'll be like, this song sucks, but right. sometimes he'll be like, oh, this is a good one. Like, like I like, you know, I get why it's catchy. Yeah, and he'll yeah. hum it to you yeah. or whatever. Um, and so, like, it's just two different personalities, like completely right, two different right. personalities. And so, like, for me, it was just, so what is like Kristen actually like? And so now, I mean, uh, yes, it's I've come a long way, but I am at a point even getting, and still it's very hard, especially with the clothes thing, where like I will tell David, like, what do you think of this? And he's like, I don't care. Do you like it? Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, 
I mean, yeah. And he's like, okay, well, yeah, we're asking yeah. You know, where like I never got that kind of feedback before. So yeah, that's like a huge one. The values too. I've also been in a relationship with someone um, in between all that time too. And I think I've mentioned it before on another podcast where like they were a very big hunter and gun person mm, and yeah. voted for Donald Trump and all these types of things. And literally in that relationship, I really had to stop and be like, like, is like, am I willing to like share these values? And if we have a child one day, is like, do I want my kid to be exposed to that at all? Right, right. Like, you know, and like, is this worth it? Like, you know, and in the end, I was like, no, this is crazy. Like, at that point, at least, I was already established enough in who I am to be like, yeah, we're just too different. Like, right. we're too different. Like, yeah, I really care about you and I do love you, but like, we're just too different. Way Sorry. Too different, right. Yeah. And I mean, that takes a healthy person to realize that. Like, even though, like, you're putting all that other stuff to the side. And saying like I, I do care, but also this just isn't gonna work because yeah. like opposites aren't attract like they attract, but they're it's probably not sustainable <laughs> long term. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what can what can you do? Like if you any of the things that we've talked about resonate with your relationship, what are things that you can do to set those boundaries? And we'll talk more about boundaries in the next episode. I think we've talked about that already. But what like, what is something someone can do to start reclaiming who they are? Honestly, exactly what you said. It sounds like another cliche, but, like, finding out who you are. Like, what like what brings you joy? What is that, like, that Marie Kondo or whatever? Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. So no. it's, like, I've never even watched it. Apparently, but I think it's other people are going to be like, oh, my God, I don't know what it is. Um, it's, like, a Netflix show or something, and her name is Marie Kondo, and her thing is, like, try to declutter and like clean out your life so like oh, have okay. a piece of clothing does it bring you joy no then get rid of it oh okay? man i find that so hard though because like it's not even that it brings me joy it's like i feel like i'm wasting money when i throw oh. stuff out i'm like don't don't throw it out like i can wear that again one day and it's like you haven't worn this in like five years but like you never know yeah. like <laughs> um yeah so that i think you could do that for your life like does that do what am i doing right am i happy to be doing this and to like you really it's a lot of work codependency is like when you've been codependent for so long and like that's just who you are one you can't just say that's just who i am and just live with it two you've got to really like self-check and look at yourself and be like and start noticing like the times where you're doing something where you'd rather be doing something else and you're right. only doing it because of this other person. And or co- other people. People. Yeah, I was about to say that literally I was about to say it doesn't just have to be one person. Or, like, you or, could be or doing your partner. this in your whole life. Right. Like we talked about our parents and, and siblings and like I think you could do this across your friends groups. Like I don't know how many moms out there that are probably part of like, you know, the 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 school Facebook and you don't even like the people that are in it. Yeah. I guess my most like recent to date is like I do this a lot now with I guess like my family because I was so I guess codependent on my family for so long. I have to stop and really think like okay is that what you want to do or are you just doing it because you know that that's what they want you to do or what would make them feel good or what would make them happy. You know I realize that like you're not hurting anyone by saying no or like I don't want to do that thing like 
it might be hurting their ego or pride or feelings, but like that's not your responsibility. That that's one of the first boundary setting um, things that I talk to you know people that I work with when we talk about boundaries. It's literally you know if we take take if you take anything away you know learn to say no. Yes. Learn to just set a hard line, because like one of the things I always tell my the people I work with is, okay, if I told if you said Sam, do you want to come out with me to wherever place we're we're going to be out there with some other friends and i said oh yeah maybe like i think if i can make time then i'll do that but i know i don't want to be there you know like i'm like uh i feel uncomfortable i don't know these people it feels kind of awkward socially like maybe i don't want to go but instead of me telling you that which i feel like i could tell you that if i needed to by the way but if i did if i said it the other way if i said well yeah maybe like that gives you hope, right? Yeah. So hey, can you loan me a hundred dollars? Uh, let me check my bank account. That gives me hope that I'm gonna get that hundred dollars from you. To where if I just said, "No, nah, Kristen, I'm broke, dude. Yeah. Like I don't get paid until next week, and you know whatever," then you know right away that that's the answer. Yeah. There's no hope. There's no holding on yeah. for anything else. And the boundary gets set. There's a hard line there. Like I just that's usually what my first go to is when we start talking about boundaries and doing things for yourself. Is don't put yourself in a situation where it's going to be uncomfortable for you, or you just find it like you literally can't do it, like mm-hmm. like in a financial sense. Yeah, yeah. As again, if it's affecting your life in a negative way or not a positive way, then like you might want to reevaluate and recheck that, right. like behavior, whatever it is you're doing in general, um, to see if that relationship's serving you best, and if you really want to keep it. And you start setting boundaries, and this person is not respect receptive of the boundaries. I mean, that's a whole other conversation about like that's a red flag. Yeah, <laughs> because... we need to have like a red flag conversation, <laughs> and we need people to tell us like what are their red flags. So yeah, we can just talk about them because Send that us would, your red flags. yeah, that would definitely be one for sure. Like if you're setting boundaries, and then that person just refuses to accept those boundaries, like it's probably time that you. You probably get yourself together yeah. and get out of there. That is something, and we can end on this, that is something in those mom groups I see. Everyone's always talking about their, like, narcissistic mother-in-law, right? Yeah. Everyone's mother-in-law is a narcissist. Not true. Um, but I just, like, can't get over how they'll, like, put this whole thing and they're like, what would you do? And I'm just like... Just say no, or just like don't write back, or just like, and I know it seems so simple, like because there's so much baggage attached and so much weight, and it's your husband's mom, and it's not like whatever. I get it. She's like the hierarchy. Like if you're if you're like there's like a boss, and then like there's like the workers. Like you would almost in that sense, like you fall underneath the worker category. So if you disrupt anything, you know what I mean. Like you tell her no, she's gonna go to your husband, and then you you know probably yeah. make life not so great on your end but i feel like if you have your partner support and you need to set a boundary like that's something you can both in a do healthy together. relationship you yeah would. in yes. a healthy relationship you would and you would be able to tell her no no problems asked but we're looking at it from the unhealthy perspective <laughs> at least i am and i'm like if it's unhealthy he there's probably some power dynamic for the you know that mom has over son that she would even ask you to do something that you're uncomfortable with doing and you're gonna probably comply with it anyway. So that's the way I look at that triangle or, in an unhealthy situation. Yeah, or the amount of times that like they're like writing these Facebook groups and then you realize they've never even told said mother in law like, 
hey, these are the boundaries that you're crossing. Right. We'd like to work on this. Like, give a woman a chance, man. So, I know it doesn't always work out. I'm just saying. But, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, codependency is the whole thing. Google it if you feel a little codependent. There's also, I mean, there's levels of it, obviously. Yeah. But even, like, again, those behaviors that make you not feel great is something you definitely want to check in with. And also, you know, find the things that you enjoy in your life. I think that's one of the biggest things that, you know, again, something to take away from this episode is, are you finding joy from those things? Can you identify those things that you enjoy and then do more of that? Yeah. Because that's what's most important. That's what's going to help you keep your mental health up um, and make you able to take on different tasks and and different things. Um, And then setting those boundaries with those people. Yeah. Well... Thanks for coming. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.